This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone subscribing, following the podcast, of course. Leave a review. Wherever you get your podcast, leave a review or rating for the podcast. Five stars is always the best kind of review. And uh, and leave a comment or a question there. Tucker and I will dive in and, uh, and and talk about some of your questions and your comments on the show here. And, of course, our YouTube page, 94WIP, where we do our live video podcast. And Tucker joins me, as he will, in a few minutes here. But let's, let's get into it today as we react to the Eagles preseason game against the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, sometimes preseason games, there's a lot to react to. And sometimes there's not. You know, I imagine next week when the Eagles play the Colts, it's the third preseason game. There'll be very little to react to and really kind of dive into. And the first one is always a little bit weird because you're just just trying to get a little bit of what you're seeing. And the guys play for a little bit and you haven't seen football in a while. It's always that second preseason game that I think gives a glimpse of, all right, this is the who the player is right now. This is who the player is not right now. And, and here's what we have to deal with. So I, I have seven big takeaways off of last night leading with and starting with the biggest one, which is Marcus Mariota play. The, the Eagles have a significant backup quarterback issue right now that has to be addressed. Mar- Mariota stinks. I mean, I so I have now seen him three, four practices up close, three doing the midday show when I went to the open practice and now watching him in two preseason games on TV. He can't play. I mean, I don't know what happened to him, why he never progressed in his career. He is a poor thrower of the football if it's beyond five yards it's an adventure for Marcus Mariota and look we've two pieces of history tell us this is a big deal for the Eagles number one Jalen Hurts's history just the player he is the style style of player he is his short history in the NFL so far he gets banged up two years in he gets banged up so if the NFC East the difference between say the one seed and the five seed is maybe a game or two between the Eagles and the Cowboys the way it was last year it's gigantic if the Eagles can't win games if Jalen Hurts misses a game or two or three. That that could change the entire complex of the season. And then just look at Eagles history. You know, we could go short-term, long-term. I was just kind of going back through it this morning before we, we jumped on live here. Look, you go back through it. In the last decade, only once, one time, has an Eagles starting quarterback from day one started and finished a season, including the playoffs, only once. That was Carson Wentz's rookie season in 2016. Every other year, it's either been can't finish the season, 
multiple quarterbacks have to play. And, and this is not just Wentz. It's been Jalen Hurts as a starter. It's been Wentz as a starter. You go back before that, Sam Bradford. You know, you go Nick Foles, Michael Vick. I mean, you go it's Mark Sanchez. None of these guys can play a full season from pillar to post. And with this Eagles team, it's not just – it used to be 16 games. Now it's obviously 17 games. But now we're talking about at least, I think, in most people's expectations, a game or two or three in the playoffs – I mean, for the Eagles to reach their goal, they have to play 20 football games, basically bare minimum. That That is through the Super Bowl. 17 regular season, a bye, if that's what they ultimately achieve. And then they have to go play three playoff games, including the Super Bowl. 20 football games is a lot to just cross your fingers and say, well, let's just hope Jalen Hart stays healthy. I, I have seen very little out of Mariota tells me he can win football games. So I am totally, totally disappointed so far in Mariota, the Eagles need a better backup quarterback. I would explore Nick Foles to see what he has left in the tank. Matt Ryan is a name, a local guy that is out there, possibly a trade at some point. I mean, something has to be done because this isn't good enough. Mariota just can't throw the football at a high enough level right now. So Mariota is the first takeaway, clearly. Number two, and it's the other kind of the yin and the yang of the quarterback stuff, is Tanner McKee. I am impressed. Tanner McKee looks like he could – be a developmental quarterback in the NFL. Now, should he be the number two over Mariota right now? I mean, you're at the eye test says yes. Now, do you trust Tanner McKee to go out there and win a football game in, in let's say December against the 49ers? I don't. I mean, he's played two preseason games. Nick Sirianni kind of just laughed off the whole thing yesterday. He said it's very premature to say he's going to jump Mariota. Now he might, if he keeps playing like he has and Mariota continues to stink, that might happen. I'd rather get a veteran quarterback, dump Mariota, and let McKee continue to develop. But there's something there. I like the way he throws the football. There's a little Nick Foles to him, a young Nick Foles. I also see some Mike Lennon, and I mean that in a positive way. I mean, that's a, an excellent outcome for a six-round pick. There's something there with Tanner McKee. You could see it. And his numbers last night were good. They would have been even better if not for some drops. So I, I thought I thought Tanner McKee, for the second straight week, showed something. He clearly has poise. He has he has a, a presence about him on the field. He, he knows what he's doing out there as a young quarterback, and he's not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid to put the ball into you know 50-50 range and, and give his guy a chance to catch it. He throws with some anticipation. I like what I'm seeing right now out of Tanner McKee as the Eagles' number three quarterback. And if he has to be two, you know, it's an indictment on Mariota, and Mariota should be way ahead of where Tanner McKee is. So McKee, obviously, really good. The other things that really jumped out to me last night – We'll go through them, you know, kind of quickly here, and then we'll get Tucker's take and and uh, and really kind of talk more about this big picture quarterback situation. But Nicobe Dean, Nicobe Dean had an interesting first series. I thought he wasn't playing very well. He was kind of twisted around on one play. He was he was thrown out on another play, but then he made the play down by the goal line to force a fumble, and that showed you what why. The, the hope is still there and why the expectation is still there that Kobe Dean's going to play and play a lot and, and be a good player for this football team. He has instincts. You know, I, I think there was a shockwave through Philadelphia when Kobe Dean fell to the third round and fell to the Eagles. But the reality was he, he's not overly like you look at the traits that Kobe Dean has. It's not over the top. Like, wow. Oh my goodness. He's this tall. He's this fast. No, he's a good football player and he's instinctual when, he, when he's out there like that play where he, he knifed through the line and force the fumble. That's all instinct. That's all timing. He avoided a block, and he and he could get swallowed up by some blocks because he's not the biggest guy. He avoided a block because he timed that perfectly and made the play. The Eagles have a playmaker at linebacker in Kobe Dean. Is he going to end up as a 
all pro? Is he the next Zach Thomas? I, I don't know. I, I mean, we'll, time will tell. He's obviously a very productive player at Georgia. But I, I am confident just watching him in practice, talking to him a few weeks ago at practice, that he is ready for this. And I'm confident he'll make plays for the Eagles. That I'm confident watching Kobe Dean, he will be a playmaker out there. The Eagles haven't really had many playmakers at linebacker. You know, Jordan Hicks was probably the last one they had. Uh, I thought TJ Edwards made some plays the last couple of years, but he was more of a just do your job kind of linebacker. So I do think Nicobe is going to be a playmaker linebacker. Now, the other linebacker spot, totally in flux. I mean, I, I don't have any confidence there they have enough at the other linebacker spot. I'm out on Paul Warlow, whatever his name is. I, I keep messing up Paul, Paul Warlow's name because he hasn't earned me getting his name right. Out on him. I think Christian Ellis could play a little bit. He might end up being the guy next to the Kobe Dean. And Zach Cunningham on rundowns is probably the best option that they have right now to start week one next to the Kobe Dean. So the linebacker thing continues to be a major question mark. Dean had some downs, but the ups were, were good, including obviously the forced fumble. Now, the most outstanding player last night on the field, in my eyes, was, was Nolan Smith. And I know he had the scare. He got injured, the shoulder. It seemed like he was fine. They said it was precautionary. When he was walking to the tunnel, he didn't seem to be in pain. He didn't seem to be wincing. He didn't seem to be upset. I, I kind of had a good feeling then. It was probably precautionary, which it seems to be, which is great for the Eagles. But sometimes you could just see it very early. I, I, I saw it in a personality sense earlier with Nolan Smith. Like He just seemed like the next Brandon Graham. When, when I heard him speak and I watched some videos of him interacting with his teammates at Georgia – I just said, man, and we, and we had him on the midday show. I just said, this guy reminds me of young Brandon Graham. And then watching the play, they're different players. But the energy, the motor he plays with, the speed he plays with, he's going to be a good football player. I, I, I believe Nolan Smith's going to be an impact player for the Eagles for a long time. And I'm basing this off of very little, but enough to see productive college player, super athletic. I, he plays with a great motor. And I just like how he's always in the play. He's always in the play. Watching last night spin off at the tackle for the, the Browns, it reminded me of watching Robert Mathis a little bit, a guy that it was I mean, probably a borderline Hall of Famer, Robert Mathis, had a tremendous career with like 120 sacks. I mean, if, if, if Nolan Smith is half the player that Robert Mathis is, the Eagles got a tremendous first-round pick. So I'm very excited about Nolan Smith. As far as the running back situation goes, I know Trey Sermon had the fumble early, good runs later, the touchdown later. I just think Trey Sermon is in a numbers game that he's not going to win. The Eagles have too many good backs. Kenny Gamewell is obviously making the team. Swift is obviously making the team. I believe Boston Scott's making the team. Though you could probably make a case that Sermon could take Boston Scott's place, but I believe Boston Scott will make the team. And last night for the first time this preseason in summer, Rashad Penny had a, a, a burst run that made me like, oh, there it is. That, that's why they signed this guy, and that's why this guy has averaged you know five and a half, six yards to carry – when he's been healthy in the NFL. So I just think Trey Sermon, even with that second half and some of those good runs, the touchdown, he's in a numbers game that I don't think he can win unless there's an injury. Or there could be, I mean, it wouldn't shock you if there's a surprise trade. It's Howie Roseman. You know, if Boston Scott got traded, it, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world if they if someone, a running back went down and they traded Scott or Sermon. So I, I think Sermon right now is on the outside looking in, as he has been the entire summer. Uh, last one, and then we'll go to Tucker here, is... I liked what I saw in Alameda Zacchaeus with the burst on the screen pass. You know, it reminds me when they had Pascal last year, but he's a higher end version of Pascal. He, he could be a better version of Pascal. And if you have an injury, which they were really healthy wide receiver last year, 
And we know Quez had a shoulder late in the season. He had a hamstring this summer already. Alamene could get time. And, and again, Devontae and, and AJ last year barely came off the field. So if they miss any time or Quez missed any time, Alamene Zacchaeus could be part of this thing more than I think the perception is. But biggest takeaway from last night, Tucker, is obviously the quarterback situation, backup, backup quarterback, quarterback situation. situation. Mariota, Mariota just, just isn't it. And I like them out of Tanner McKee, but, McKee, but the bottom line is this. They need to upgrade that position because I don't know, even if Tanner McKee is developing at a pace, if you could count on him in a regular season game. They have a backup quarterback problem, a number two quarterback problem right now. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because I was excited to watch Mariota last night. I thought maybe just his style of play. He's in a practice player. He'll come in. He'll play in the game. And he just kind of stinks. Like, he he just he mopes around the field. I hate his body language. I, I hate really watching him play. He, he misses a ton of easy throws. Really anything over five yards down the field is a coin flip, whether he's going to put it on his receiver or not. He misses high on just about every throw over the middle, which is incredibly dangerous. The fact that he only threw one interception yesterday was, was shocking. He probably could have had at least two or three, two or three more. And he just doesn't inspire me. Like you, you think back to the other decent backup quarterbacks that this franchise has had, and they've been really lucky with the amount of talent they've had at that position. They've always been capable of getting hot. Like Nick Foles is probably the ultimate example, but Gardner Minshew, he get hot for a, a week or two, or even Joe Flacco, even though he never played, we knew he could get hot for a game and, and maybe, you know, steal one if he was starting. I don't feel that way with Marcus Mariota. Like, I, I just don't feel like he could come in, light a defense on fire and, you know, put up 28 points in, in, in a shocking display. Like, he just looks like a guy who's going to mope around the field. And, you know, if you're lucky, he puts up 17. Like, you go back and watch the Falcons last year. He was one of the reasons why they're losing a lot. It wasn't like he he was dragging this team within inches of victory. No, he was one of the things that was holding him back. But on the defensive side, you're right. And, and I texted you last night during the game. I couldn't take my eyes off Nolan Smith. I mean, you watch him and you just keep your eyes on him. Pretty much every play, you're eventually going to find the ball because that's what he does. It's just it's crazy to watch someone who's so young who fell to the 30th pick just have – the, the, the nose for the ball and the kind of success he had last night. And, and obviously I don't expect him to make that big of an impact on a, a game-to-game basis this early in his career, but he certainly is showing flashes of potential. And I think he kind of fits the bill of a lot of guys on this Eagles team as we talk about, you know, who's going to make the roster or, or, you know, who's really surprised in camp. Guys like him, Tanner McKee, even Jalen Carter, um, Eli Ricks, who had another big play, Keely Ringo. Um, they have a lot of guys on this team who were projected to be drafted a lot higher than the Eagles ended up getting him. Like Tanner McKee, if you go look, you know, before the pre-draft process, some people thought he could be a day two pick. The Eagles got him in the sixth round. Eli Ricks was expected to be an early round pick. The Eagles got him undrafted after his struggles his last year at Alabama. Jalen Carter, obviously expected to be the number one pick. The Eagles got him at nine. Nolan Smith, who I think a lot of people would have been happy with. They got him at nine. They got him at 30. I mean, they have a lot of guys on this team who, for whatever reason, were maybe expected to go a lot higher, had a much higher pedigree than what the Eagles actually acquired him at. And a lot of those guys are the guys that are standing out in camp so far. I just think it's interesting that these guys who we sat there during the draft or post-draft process said, man, I can't believe he fell that far. Even to Kobe Dean, like another guy who just 
seems to be flashing and playing up to the potential that maybe we thought he was before the Eagles selected him. As you say that, it might have been right place, right time. But I thought about this during the game last night. We'll end with this. You know, Howie Roseman's last three drafts, and, and we got a long way to go to figure out exactly how good these guys are going to be and how productive they're going to be. But if you go back now and look at the last three Eagles drafts, starting in 2021, Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson headlining that draft. Last year, Jordan Davis headlining that draft. Obviously, he was a first-round pick on A.J. Brown, so that, that will kind of put that aside because that's a trade. But you go through the drafts the last couple of years, the Kobe Dean last year, Cam Jurgens last year, this year with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith and Sidney Brown, who continues to impress. I, I don't want to go over the top, but I do I do see I mean, it's by the hair. Some Troy Palomalo, some Jamal Adams, some Hufunga in uh, in in the 49ers. I, I that that guy could that, he's flashed a lot. You go through some of these names, Ricks, Ringo. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if at some point during this season, if if these three draft classes start really playing well and we say, this is the best run of drafts Howie Roseman has ever had. I mean, and again, I know the year before this run, I'm talking about started 2020, it was the Jalen Hurst draft. It was also the Jalen Rager draft, but it's just 2021 on, 2021, 2022, 2023. It looks like they got some really, really good young players here that are going to be part of this thing for a long time. Lot to react to. Your comments, we'll, we'll take all those, obviously, on YouTube. And leave a rating, leave a review for the show, leave a comment, question. Tucker and I will talk about them right here on WIP Daily. Have a great weekend. We'll talk next week.